Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN. 301, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jeweler, official provider of Rolex jewelry. Jamie Rivers here alongside Michelle Smallman for the rest of the show. And we're going to head out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, joined by our good friend Greg Wyshynski. Greg, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good, can't complain. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a weird week because it's the bye week for a lot of teams and then also – an extraordinarily busy week for a lot of us <laughs> with the all-star game happening this week. Yeah. So the bye week what, how do you feel about some of these bye weeks for the teams? I, I just overall, I remember, you know, as a player, I don't know if I would have liked this or, or, or hated it at this point of the season. <laughs> I guess it all depends on how it's going. I think the Bruins would take a bye week at this point with the way things are going, uh, which is kind of surprising uh, considering the role they've been on. But um, no, you know, it, it's funny. I, the only comparison I could make is uh, the Olympic break um, that, you know, used to happen with, you know, every four years before we stopped going. And I remember talking to a lot of players about the Olympics and the ones that, that didn't go to represent their countries. I was always curious whether or not they enjoyed having this gigantic break in the middle of the season. And, and some of them really enjoyed it and saw it as a time to, you know, recharge for a playoff race, maybe spend some time with the family and others. I remember didn't really like it because it kind of broke up the routine. And as you know, uh, NHL players are creatures of habit, creatures of routine. And, and this is even an all-star break, a break by week kind of interrupts with that routine. Yeah, I agree. I'm, you know, being a guy that wasn't ever asked to play for my country, which I felt they made a big mistake about that one, Greg, but either way, um, I remember going through that break, but at the same time, you know, everybody had that time off, you know, with the staggered, bye weeks that happen throughout the NHL. I just wonder sometimes if it helps a certain team and sometimes hurts a certain team. And you talked about the Bruins, like they welcome the bye week. Well, if we bring that back to our St. Louis Blues right now, who are in the midst of a really bad losing streak, they're five in a row right now. They play Winnipeg Jets tonight. What do you think the Blues need to look to try and accomplish during this, you know, this all-star break slash bye week? Well, a lot of the teams in the last month have all had their organizational meetings. Uh, scouts come in, the GMs and the hockey operations staff all sit down, and they get a real sense of different scenarios. What happens if we fall out of the playoff race? What happens if we're in the playoff race? What happens vis-a-vis the draft? Who should we start targeting? Who should we get a second look at? Are there picks that we don't have that we should acquire to maybe go after the players that we like? And these are very important conversations now for the St. Louis Blues. (laughs) Because as of right now, the St. Louis Blues have a a lower chance of making the playoffs than the Philadelphia Flyers, which is not something that I think a lot of us thought 
uh, only slightly better than teams like Detroit, Vancouver, and San Jose. So at this point, you have to say that the dream of, of, a, of a, you know, a gigantic second half rally from this team, which, you know, as we all know, we've seen before, but the chances of that happening are very slim. And the idea now has to be what do they have to accomplish in order to a reshape this roster a little bit for next season and b maybe uh, pick up some of that valuable draft capital to, you know, replenish the system in what is expected to be a very deep and robust draft this summer. Well, Greg, if the Blues were going to reshape the roster, they would have to part with some players. And there's been some names thrown out there, namely Vladimir Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly. When you look at this Blues roster, which piece do you think might be the most valuable for them if they were going to go out and sell? Well, if he's healthy, O'Reilly. And and, and again, I I did see some, I think it was from Jeremy Rutherford that said O'Reilly was still open-minded towards re-signing with the Blues and staying there for a bit longer. And of course, that all comes down to you know, whether or not that's where the Blues want to be insofar as their next steps uh, and the future of this roster. But, you know, as far as value goes, like Tarasenko is, is, is a very good offensive winger. Ryan O'Reilly is A, a center, and B, a center that has a con smite to his credit. You don't usually have a lot of those that come available around the trade deadline. And, and his speciality, of course, is, is defense. And, and that also really makes him, I think, attractive at the deadline in the sense that you have teams that are, A, looking to bolster their center's position, and, and B, probably looking for that last piece of a puzzle guy. And oftentimes it's going to be your veteran defensive center that can win big face-offs, that can play a shutdown role. It's what teams crave and what they covet. And obviously those have been Ryan O'Reilly's calling cards forever. Another name I'd want to throw out there, though, and it's a name I think is, that's gained a little bit of steam uh, from from people observing is is Ivan Barbashev. I mean, he's a a, a, multi, a, a versatile forward, uh, a valuable bottom six guy. Doesn't make a lot of money against the cap. Pending UFA, I'm telling you, you know, if you're a contender and you're looking for someone to bolster your depth, having a guy like that with the playoff experience that he has, um, I think could go a long way towards towards making your team successful. And I think he's going to be a real valuable commodity at the deadline. So, Greg, if we if we just dive right back into that Ivan Barbashev for a second, because I think we all know, you know, relatively speaking, what the going rate is going to be for an O'Reilly or a Tarasenko. They're both in the top ten as far as on people's lists to be traded for or being traded, period, at the deadline. But Ivan Barbashev, you know, what does the market value him at? Like, what would be the uh, what would be a fair return so that the Blues look at it and go, you know what? In a good draft like we're having here, that makes sense. Otherwise, do the Blues maybe try to ride it out and re-sign him because of the value that he brings? Well, I mean, re-signing him is never a bad idea, right? I think having him on, on that roster is is ultimately beneficial. I mean, he's a real good player. I've always liked him a lot. Um, I think he brings a lot to a to a team that's you know pushing towards a playoffs position. It's just a matter of where the Blues see themselves, if this is an anomaly, part of a more systemic problem, or or, or what have you. As far as what he could bring back, it's a great question. And I think part of the answer is we're not exactly sure what the trade market's going to look like. I do think the winds are blowing a lot harder now than they were two weeks ago when I wrote a story about how the GMs are approaching the trade deadline. And a lot of them said, look, it's, it's super quiet. One of the GMs told me there's a muddy middle in the standings right now, teams that don't know if they're in it or if they're out of it. And once they have a better sense of where they are, then you're going to start to see the trade market open up because a lot of those players they might have been holding on to in the hopes they could finish in a wild card spot are all of a sudden going to become available. And, and I think the Blues are probably one of those teams. 
As far as return goes, it's all going to be dependent on what the market is, what the competition is, how many teams are in on a player like Barbashev. It wouldn't shock me to see a second rounder and a, a you know mid prospect for a guy that could be a real a, you know is an NHL player who could be an influence from somebody's bottom six. But again, the, the market's going to tell us what his value is overall. Well, Greg, as you can imagine, in addition to the trade deadline and what the Blues need to do, Jordan Bennington has been quite the topic of conversation in St. Louis Sports Talk Radio this morning. And we saw him uh, again have a, a, a little bit of an antic, antics moment over the weekend versus Colorado, this time with Logan O'Connor. And I would just get, love to get your opinion of Jordan Bennington. When you see him getting into those situations, do you look at it as unnecessary antics or do you look at it as Jordan Bennington trying to spark his team? Well, when I saw the antics in the recent game, I looked at the scoreboard and I knew why they were happening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, 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 they were happening one because he's frustrated, but two probably because he's trying to get a rise out of his team. I mean, it's like what we used to expect out of enforcers and guys that used to drop the gloves on the fourth line, but those guys don't exist anymore. I guess the responsibility falls on the goalie <laughs> to, to get the team going with some physicality, which is kind of nuts. Um, I think there are times when when his his as you said antics. Um, are a, a little bit not in sync with what the team needs, maybe a little bit selfish. And then there are times when the fiery personality, I think, could be beneficial. And, and as much as I'm sometimes critical of Bennington, I, I, I have had uh, fought many an analytics versus eye test battle with Blues fans and Blues media this year regarding his performance. I do think that what he did in that game was ultimately what the team needed, and they responded. I mean, they rallied in the game, ultimately didn't lose, but they did rally in the game after that point. So, listen, he's a fiery guy. He's always been a fiery guy. Sometimes that uh, is to his detriment, and sometimes I think it's just what the Blues knew that they were doing when they went long-term with this guy. It's it's the kind of goalie that he is, and, and you take the good and you take the bad of it. Talking with Greg Wyshynski here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Greg, I want to circle right back to Jordan Bennington here. And you know what? We all agree, okay, it's what the team needed. And, and I, I trust me, I'm totally in that camp that they needed something at that point. But we had audio earlier from Jordan Bennington postgame where he says, I feel like the team needed some kind of a response. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But what does that tell you about this Blues team where they're maybe relying on their goalie to provide that spark? <laughs> exactly. That's the weird part about it, right? I mean, if you... If you uh, you know travel back in time even ten years and said a Blues team had to depend on its goalie to start roughing up somebody to get a rise out of everybody, you've been like what? But um, but no, that's it's a good point, and and I think maybe speaks to um, you know who knows maybe part of the problem is is a lack of the kind of competitive fire players that this team needs to really like get a spark in a game like that. It shouldn't necessarily fall on your goalie. I mean, as as much as I think Jordan relishes the role. Um, but again, like, like we were just saying, I mean, it's a different league. I mean, the, the kinds of players that would do something like that are few and far between. Um, it, it's, it's kind of just part of where we are in 2023 with the NHL. It's just, it's just a different league than what it used to be. Um, I want to get your diagnosis, Greg, of, of obviously Jordan Bennington's frustrated. A lot of it has to do with the play in front of him. So I want to get your diagnosis of what you've seen out of the Blues defense so far this season. It's been bad. <laughs> it's been real bad. I mean, there. As much as I think Bennington uh, gets maybe more credit than he deserves from people who generally like him, I mean, the, the analytics tell you that he's. I think at last check, 
uh, minus 10 goals saved above replacement right now, which is not a very good figure at all. Um, it's no question that if you look at the, the things like the heat maps from St. Louis Blues games, as far as where shots are originating from, the kinds of chances teams are getting, um, it, it has been porous and, and wait. It's like, you know, there are nights when the, when the Blues defense looks like they're laying down a red carpet in front of Bennington, right? And, and that's just not how it should be and not how it used to be with the Blues. So, you know, I've, I've talked to some people about the defense. Obviously, from a team defense standpoint, there's been a bit of slippage overall from particularly the blue line. I mean, obviously, the, the Colton Pareko stuff has been well chronicled, um, you know, either because he's diminished through injury or, or whatever factor, he's just not the player that he was or, or not the player that they hoped that he would still mature into. Um, and then, you know, the blue line overall, I, I don't think has enough stout defensive defensemen necessarily to, to you know, help out Biddington and, and the Blues goaltending in particular. So it's, it's been a rough defensive year. And again, it's been so uncharacteristic because that had been the calling card for these Craig Berube teams for the last couple of years. Last one I got for you here, Greg, before you let you go. Uh, you just mentioned, you know, Craig Berube and Craig Berube type teams that he's coached in, in past years. Uh, I, I am not at all of the camp of, you know, moving on from Craig Berube because I, I feel like he kind of embodies what the culture needs to be here in St. Louis. He's, he's tough. He's fair. Um, you know, he's kind of the, the face of the franchise, but there are voices out there that are saying, you know, maybe a change of coaches is, is something that the blues require moving forward. The big break coming up. They got their last game before the big break against the Winnipeg Jets. In your opinion, do you see the blues going down that path of maybe looking for a different head coach? Or do you think Craig Berube is the guy? I don't. Um, I don't because I think that they've been pretty adamant about giving him votes of confidence and, and saying that what's happening this season is, isn't necessarily on him. Um, and I, the more you look at the situation, the more it looks like that you know Doug Armstrong is going to take a real scalpel to this roster, change this team around, bring back a, a different looking group uh, next season, and then you know see if if Craig is the right fit for that that new mix. And I think that's probably the way right the right way to approach it. Um, there's big decisions that have to be made in this offseason. And the good news for the Blues and their fans is that uh, they have a general manager that has been nothing but bold in, in making tough decisions and in making big trades and, in, you know, severing ties with captains and things like that. I mean, uh, there's clearly some work to be done, and I'm confident that Doug Armstrong is going to do a lot of it. And it's just a matter of whether or not uh, Craig Ruby is the right guy for that new group. He's Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer at ESPN. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Wyshynski. Greg, we thank you so much for your time today. Look forward to chatting again sometime soon. Anytime. Thanks for having me.